Welcome to this episode of Brilliant Brains and Beautiful Minds. I'm your host, Melanie Burnicle. Today's guest started work at the age of 10, had several successful businesses throughout his 20s, and today is an award-winning CEO for EOS Worldwide. Please welcome my guest for today, Daniel Davis. Welcome, Daniel. <laughs> nice to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me. Likewise, thanks for waking up nice and early for me this morning. Now, you're an award-winning CEO heading up the Asia-Pacific region for the global, global organisation EOS. Now, EOS is the entrepreneur, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, what's led you to this point in your career so far? Uh, multiple things. I guess the journey's been uh, a long one, um, but ultimately started out in business early um, and around when I was 20 or so I got my first business when I was 21 but by the time I was 28 I had a couple of different businesses and one of them that I invested in had some issues and I was working really hard couldn't seem to get it to uh to, to couldn't seem to fix it my 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 method of hard work wasn't fixing it and so I seeked some help uh found a consultant uh that helped me she was amazing um and fell in love with subject of educating entrepreneurs i realized that i wasn't alone and so that's how i fell into the space uh yep. which was, i guess it was about 12 years ago now and amazing uh, yeah so i had a consulting firm found eos um, yeah six years ago and went to the us and came back and bought the brand over here and been sharing it with people ever since it's really wow cool. that's fantastic now is it true that you had your first job when you were 10 yes yes <laughs> I did, yep. It was pretty yep. long. Uh, and I've had a job ever since, actually. That's amazing. At 10 years of age, what's the mindset and drive like that forced you want, or wanting you to go, I want to work? Uh, to open and honest, the, the interesting part, this is, uh, there's probably a good backstory and a good lesson here for everybody. Um, I, I grew up in a really challenging environment. So my father left when I was born and uh, on my mum's side, um, we had generational unemployment we had major issues on that side yeah uh, had some pretty abusive stepfathers so that wasn't good either so it was just pretty tragic the whole way and um one of the stepfathers uh, who was i look back and think he was a complete maniac really bad to me one of the good things about him was that uh he actually is a pretty hard worker and he said to me you should bloody work uh, and so he took me one day and said, you're going to come to work with me on Saturdays. And wow. so I got a job at the uh, timber yard in Regent's Park and, uh, and the rest was history. I loved it. Uh, at first I said, you know, I'm not going to paint some picture that I loved uh, work and everything like that. I kind of just got dragged in there and, but I, I loved it. It was fantastic just because uh, I hated school, never fit in there. I always found that challenging. So getting into the workplace, it was awesome. Probably the best gift anyone's ever given me. Um, so from a man who, I guess the backstory is from an absolutely terrible human being came a great gift that's served me ever since. Do you know, I think that's probably the key to many people's success is that if you find the little gems hidden amongst some of the hardships, yeah. like, you know, you wouldn't wish abusive parents on any child mm. at all in any way. But it's amazing that you've managed to find that little gem and grow from that. Yeah, look, and it's now that I've got three uh, children of my own, it's a real challenge because I look back and, you know, I've got a 16-year-old, 14-year-old, and, and then we had one more. Uh, 
who's two, coming on Aww. to a bit of a gap there. Uh, we thought we might get a girl if we waited for this, that, that gap, but we've got three boys. Uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. But um, yeah. I look at them and I, yeah, I look and think, you know, wow, you, I had already left home at 13. So I don't know how, I look at them and think, how do I pass on that? You know, you're trying to give them all the love. You don't want them to have to work the way that you did. But at the same time, there were gifts that came from that, that hardship. You know, I think that guy who did terrible things to me yeah. also made me really strong and resilient. And also, I guess, on the other side, very compassionate and grateful for, for life and helping others. So from a yeah. terrible person came all these positive things. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's an amazing way that you've been able to, you know, reframe your headspace to be able to see that and see the opportunities in that. Because I think that's a hard thing for people to do when you've been mistreated whether it's at home or in the workforce or whatever it might be, it can really affect your mindset in so many ways moving forward. Was there any moment that you actually remember thinking, actually, I'm going to look at this this way or I'm going to take this? Yeah, look, um, I, I was really challenged growing up. The early years, whilst I really focused and worked hard, uh, so I managed to turn the angry energy into a lot of positives. So worked very hard and that served me well um, throughout life. I, I always struggled with my anger, um, particularly towards men. Uh, never felt comfortable around men, never felt safe around men. And so it led to some issues there. Uh, but uh, I actually did a course called the Landmark Forum. Yep. Back when I was about 25 or 26, I think it was. And um, that really helped, it helped me reframe everything. and kind of just take the negative and realize just how lucky I was, you know, if, yeah, like you say, reframing it. And since then I haven't had any issues uh, with, with men. And I guess also being exposed to different people too, different men. It was around the age that I met one of my best friends um, who's gay and I, I got to experience the, the community, the gay community, which was, you know, men who just, you could be open, honest and vulnerable. You didn't have to be this macho thing yep. that I had an impression men were. Mm. Uh, and so that really also helped reframe how I saw the world. Uh, I guess you, it's like anything, you only see what you're exposed to, right? And so that can unfortunately lead us to think things that aren't necessarily true about yep. others. You can say, well, if this is what a male is and you don't have your dad, he's left, you kind of think all men must be crap. And I tell you, it's pretty hard to then be a man. Uh, so, you know, living in that world. So then uh, to, to be involved and introduced to other communities and feel the, you know, love and, and everything that comes with that, it just changed, changed the way that I looked at the world. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think that that learned behavior from childhood, which we absorb so much, it's really, you know, a big thing to do the work, acknowledge what's not feeling right or and seeing the world differently. But, you know, and that's a, a process for many years, I think, for many people. And I don't think there's a right or wrong, but as long as you kind of start working through it, you'll come out the other side at one point. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, trying to, if you've got the opportunity to talk about it and stop, uh, let go of the shame, I know prior to doing the Landmark Forum and prior to, prior to having my friendship with Matt, I found it very difficult to talk about the past or even acknowledge that it occurred. 
And so even with my wife, I just would very rarely, I just wouldn't open up. It was something that I was ashamed of uh, and yeah. didn't want to share. And uh, so it's quite liberating actually when you can realize, hey, it's, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong and yeah. it occurred, but it does, also doesn't need to define you moving forward. Now, so once you've sort of come through that and so you're in your 20s and so you've got, was it four successful businesses and about yeah. 70 staff? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So can you talk me through those earlier businesses and sort of what led you into choosing those businesses? Um, so the, when I initially left school, uh, I went into just, uh, well, I wanted to become a cop, actually. That's what I'd wanted to do all my life uh, since yeah. I can remember. Probably because of all that was going on at home, I thought I'd love to be able to help people in those situations. Yeah. Um, passed all my, my tests uh, and was about to go down to the police academy and at the same time got engaged uh, to my now wife. Uh, we've been together the whole time. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and, yeah, and I started to look at the finances and think, I don't know how I'm going to do, how I'm going to support everything on a police yeah. officer's wage. They don't earn that much, I realized. And I thought, I really have to look at alternates. And I had, I was, I was working in a service station at the time, which was another kind of strategic thing. When I say I was introverted, I mean, seriously, I, I would struggle to say hello to people. So working in that retail environment at the front counter, having to say hello to people was really helping me just learn to communicate with people. And um, I loved it. I loved the environment, loved retail. So before I knew it, I was managing a couple of stores. And then an opportunity came up with a store that my boss didn't want. And it was at Blackheath in the Blue Mountains. And I said to him, what would it cost like, to get started? And he laughed and said, why, why are you interested? And I said, oh, just, you know, I'm about to get married and I think it would be good if I could get my own business. And he said, you don't have the money. I said, no, you're right. So I'm just wondering. Anyway, ended up um, managing to make it work, got it across the line. I used my uh, wedding savings to be clear. So we had a wedding fund and it was still 12 <laughs> months till I was getting married. So <laughs> yeah, uh, quick 12 months to make it back. <laughs> yeah. But geez, double down. I'm not a gambler, but maybe I'm in business. And so, um, Invested, started that first store, lived in the store uh, in, so you know Blackheath in the Blue Mountains? Yes. So, yep, so a small little IGA store there. Yep. Um, I'd open at five in the morning, go till 11 at night, and then we had a, in the store room, I had a um, fold-out bed, and I slept there. So I was there for two and a half years. Wow. Um, and that's kind of what got it started. By, yep. by third third year, we were doing really well with the number one store, actually, for IGA in sales per square meter, so it was doing great. Yep. Made plenty of mistakes, of course, uh, as we all do. Yep. Kind of got into some cash flow, and then we just started to uh, do other projects. So I built the truck stop at Mount Victoria. I bought the land and built it, and then we operated it. So yep. we did that. Then I did another one at Lithgow, um, further west. So we just kind of got did did that. Then Cal, uh, Caltex, you may remember back, Woolworths and Coles came into yes. the market. So yep. we exited at that point. I thought this doesn't look good. Uh, then I went into some other businesses. So I uh, started a few others in telecommunications with Vodafone, bought into a company with a friend, and that's the one that went bad. Uh, so for everybody, uh, learn how to do due diligence. And if it's with a friend, do extra due diligence because <laughs> it's probably nowhere near as, you know, you got that romantic notion of how exciting is this? We're going to be yeah. in partnership together. 
Yep. Didn't always work out. And so in this instance, it didn't work out. But as with everything, it leads you down a path. And that's what led to me finding the consulting space and kind of finding that niche where I was able to help people, which is what I want to do with the police. Yep. I am my, my passion for business. And the two came together and been able to enjoy this for the past decade or so. So up until this point, business-wise, were you self-educated and you've just learned on the fly? Yeah, yeah. So I do. Right, and I you said you been working full-time at thirteen, or you left home at thirteen. So I had, yeah, I had three jobs outside of school, just part-time jobs outside yeah. of school, and then I left left home. Then the 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 uh, issues at home were not getting any better. Yeah, and so um, it was it was great. It sounds bad, but it was the best thing that ever happened. It was oh. nice to be able to get away from it and be independent. Just focus on life. Yeah, and I continued doing school. I went through high school, uh, finished yep. 12. Um, uni wasn't a thing that I was interested in, just in that I didn't like school anyway. Yep. And so then I just went into that retail environment and I just, you learn from, you know, managers. Yep. They teach you things and a red read business books, but yeah, self, self-educated retail is pretty kind of 101. Well, you'd think it's 101. I lost a lot of money when I think about it, you know, <laughs> but you kind of just, if you love, if, if you've got a business, if you genuinely love helping people and seeing them happy, yeah. you probably do pretty well in retail. And then you have to just work out the buying side and all of that. So. Yeah, definitely. And when you've come into having your own sort of consulting, when you're wanting to help other businesses, obviously like from what we've had the conversation so far, I can see why it's important for you to help others because you don't want them to make the same mistakes or you're looking to guide them. What would be the most um, enjoyable part of that process, seeing other people, like bringing them to that point of success? I think the most joyful part is helping solve or helping uh yeah helping solve a problem that isn't that's like this unspoken challenge that we've got in society i think a lot of people don't realize the issues that exist you know the failure rate of business is incredibly high mm. and business owners entrepreneurs they are living this silent kind of disease that nobody talks about they don't talk about it on the media that oh we lost another 10 businesses today or 100 businesses today and as a result, you know, a bunch of those people lost their houses. And as a result, a whole bunch of people just got divorced. And as a result, parents are now going to have challenges with their kids. They don't talk about it in the media. No, they don't. It's unspoken. And the entrepreneurs themselves, are they feel ashamed and they feel embarrassed about the fact that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it's disheartening. It's really sad. You look at it, and so I guess I can relate to them. I relate to that feeling of not not feeling I can t I can talk about it, and yeah, yet it's everywhere. It's kind of like everyone's challenged by it, and really, when you break it down, it makes a lot of sense. If if you look at how long it takes to get good at a skill, be it. Um, you know, if you want to get a trade or a profession, it's three years at uni and then you got your practical years. People say it takes about 10 years to get good at anything. Um, and then they go and start a business and they've got to be responsible for everything. Mm -hmm. The buck stops with them. And then they wonder why they're finding it hard. Well, geez, it's no, it's a no brainer, you know? Yeah. Uh, so 
but if so if we can provide the the basic training that is simple and practical to run the business then it helps them mm. be great at what they want to do specifically in their business so yeah that's the passion i love just helping solve that problem yeah i think that's key as well because a lot of people um in, in the creative world who i've had you know 22 years experience with they're great at their craft and that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be great in business. Um, and then so you've gone from amazing hair, you know, hairdressers opening their own and then opening a second salon and all of a sudden it collapses um, because they don't have those foundations or they're not aware and they're just not managing things correctly. So having sort of, you know, worked with other people's businesses, what would be if you had to say three key, three key things to, you know, to to have success in business? If you had to choose just three, what would they be? Mm, three key things. I'd say you want to try and ensure that you've got the basics covered uh, really well. So when I say the basics, ensuring that you've got your, your product or service is clear and as simple as possible to deliver, Com complex, products are challenging to make profitable. Uh, and if, if you have got a complex product, you've got to charge for it, right? Yep. Uh, make sure that you've got the right management structure in place. What I mean by that is, I mean, just read the EOS, read that traction book. It gives you the 101s. That's all you need to do. Yep. do that. Um, and ensure that you've got the right people on board. You know, we talk about a, a term in EOS called right people, right seat. And I feel like that's where you know, 50% of the problems come from or the challenges come from, and yet 50% of the opportunity exists too. When we say right people, right seat, we mean right people are the people that share our values, right? So we like working with them because we've got shared values. Right seat means that they've got the ability to perform in the seat that they're in. They really get it, right? They get it, they want it, they want to be in that seat, and they have the capacity, they've got the skill set to deliver in that seat. If they, you've got the right person, right seat, they tend to be able to solve the issues that pop up along the way on the journey. And so yeah. it relieves you of the stress of having to do everyone's job. Right. So that'll be the three things I'd suggest. Yeah. And so, and if you had to sort of give me an example of where you think as a generalization, most businesses fail, mm. what do you think is one of those key key points that you see in, across multiple business when they're either stagnant or they're failing to move forward or they're about to go under? Yeah, it's, that's a really challenging question. Yeah. Uh, I think one of, well, the first thing would be not enough prep, not enough preparation time, not enough consideration. Um, without being crude, it's kind of like when you, again, when you're in a romantic situation, you meet somebody, they're beautiful and you love them and they're funny and you just, you know, it's, it's romantic, right? It feels great. And yet you don't really sit down and have the tough conversations around how's this going to work? You know, what do you want out of your life? What does that look like? And making sure that we're hundred percent on the same page. So in the business context, the reason why I share that is everyone can kind of relate to that relationships. Yeah. And perhaps we don't put a lot of prep in. We just kind of go with the romantic side first. And then we have the tough conversations later. And often we're like, well, we're not actually on the same page, right? There's, a, there's an attraction here, but they're not, not on the same page. So when we think with business, we've got this romantic attraction to a product or service that we think we can do really well, but we don't 
sit down and really plan it out that well. We don't look at all the areas of the business and how, like you said, how are we gonna cash flow? What does the right staff structure look like? Who are our vendors? What's our client? How are we gonna to market to these people? So I think that that's a big one is really planning out uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Once you get going from there, cash flow is a typical problem. And then management of staff would be the, the third one. Just how do you get the best out of your people? Yeah. And what does that look like? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm. And that would vary for every business. So if you could talk me through EOS mm. and, you know, what does EOS provide for a business and how does that work? Sure. So, so EOS is the entrepreneurial operating system, meaning that it's an operating system. It's a set of tools and a process designed to simplify the management of your business. The reason why we call it the entrepreneurial management like operating system is that it's designed for privately held businesses, typically 10 to 250 staff. Yep. We've got plenty that are bigger than that, plenty that are smaller than that. Like I said, my passionate plea is read the traction book on day one, before yeah. day one, right? Um, so that you've got it there. Uh, great insights into how to run the business. And, and those tools are designed to help you get more of what you want from your business. Uh, and we do that with what we call uh, vision, traction and healthy. Vision is getting everyone from uh, on the same page. Are we all in agreement with where we're going and how we're going to get there? Um, yep. Long term, medium term, and short term. So everyone rowing in the same direction is what we'd say. So everyone on the same page. So we clarify and simplify what that vision is. Yep. Traction from the standpoint of giving you the tools and the system to create an accountable, productive team, so that you actually bring that vision into reality. Uh, I think it's Gino's saying vision without traction is merely hallucination. <laughs> you, you know, living in Potts Point, I live at Woolloomooloo and, you know, I, I actually was, uh, you know, sometimes you see those people, they've had something, they've got some type of substance abuse, but they walk around the street sometimes yelling out things. Yes. I don't know that there's a great deal of difference between you and I right now. I just have a silent yelling out in my head. You know, it's um, <laughs> and entrepreneurs have this thing of they can see what they want. That's what we're talking about, like the vision. They can see what they want, but they, when they're not getting it, they're kind of spinning their wheels. And that's the <laughs> any visionary has this thing. They can see things and uh, they have this silent war going on that they can't get traction. Mm. And so the traction component is about bringing that vision into reality for them in a very practical way. And the third part, healthy. Healthy is about creating a healthy, cohesive leadership team that is open and honest, no politics, all on the same page, right? And uh, able to have a, what I would call a, a passionate discussion about their viewpoints, right? That they don't have to be in agreement. That's okay. Yep. We don't need the unnecessary pleasantries. Let's just get it out on the table and solve the issues and get ourselves rowing in the same direction. So that's a healthy leadership team. So vision, traction and healthy is what we do with clients. That's amazing. And so do you actually do like a, a group meeting with people and then you work through it with the teams and then they, you, do they have to come back and check in with you, obviously? And yeah. So we have something called our EOS proven process. Uh, yep. We don't have any flashy names in EOS. Uh, so it's nice and simple, just like yep. all the tools. So we call it the proven process because we've taken nearly 10,000 companies through the journey wow. and 
it's designed to do at the front end we do three months one day a month for three months uh they're full day sessions where we get in place the foundational tools the eos foundational tools and then we have one day every quarter that we get together and meet look back at last quarter how did we go what did we learn what did we screw up right press yep. the reset button get back on the same page, look at our business plan, what we said we were going to do, and then get agreement around what the next 90 days looks like. And yep. then we go and we execute. And uh, we call that the 90 day world. So yep. forcing you to work on your business every 90 days. And then we also give you some tools to ensure you're working on the business throughout that period too. So uh, that's what the journey looks like. And we typically work with clients for about two years. And then okay. they graduate and they run the tools, run the systems themselves. That's what I was thinking like in the beginning. I think that's a great process to do with people because one person's not, you know, telling everyone else you've got to be doing this and, and it's an external. So then everyone's working together for an external and then it becomes a natural part of the process and people are okay. So it's not someone saying, well, I'm in charge and you're doing this. And, you know, it's, it's coming from an external point of view, which yeah. then you're guiding and everyone feels like they're moving forward together. Does that help the team, do you find? Definitely. Uh, I mean, our, our mission over the, the two years is to help you help the entrepreneur build a great leadership team. So they keep yep. people on their business and we kind of hold their hand through the journey, but then we've empowered you with the tools so that you continue using those tools. It's part yep. of the business. It's not something you're doing. It's actually part of the way you run your business. Yeah. And, uh, and then from there, you're, you're, you're just running it. And every business you start from there, you'll be using the system. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it's designed to empower you guys. So we don't call, that's why we don't call ourselves consultants because we're not here yeah. to consult you. We're here to educate you and train you in how to use the system. And then it's yours. Yeah. You just, you run it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, obviously you're being, you've you know, built your successes as well. What would you say as a CEO would be some of your attributes that lead you to, you know, being great at what you do, to, like, to take on that role as a CEO? Sure. Yeah, I think um, probably what I was sharing earlier, resilience is a big thing. Uh, and I'm very grateful for having gotten that blessing out of my childhood because that's a big one. Hardworking, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I still am to this day. I think I will be to the end. Still get up at 4.30 every day and, you know, work through. So hardworking, you don't get it. There's no easy way, I don't believe. You know, you've got to be hardworking. And the other thing is, for me anyway, I think genuinely uh, I care. I care about my people. I care about my clients and their, their experience and their life. I think that goes a long way to uh, helping you run a successful business. Yeah. I think, yeah, like looking back at everything we've discussed today and, you know, there's a key, there's a key purpose behind everything that you do. And I think, you know, having that little gem that you pulled from when you're a child has really brought you to be the business person and the man that you are today. And that reflects in everything that you do. And it's yeah, been an absolutely beautiful pleasure and journey chatting with you this morning. Well, thanks, Melanie. It's been great uh, hanging out with you for the <laughs> day and uh, realizing we're neighbors. Yeah, sure. I know. I'll wave, but I'm at the top of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it's, uh, it's really nice. I love love being on here and it's been great yeah. to have a chat. I feel like I've made another new friend. And Oh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully we'll recognize each other walking down the street. <laughs>
people come into our lives in all different uh, at different times and in our journey. And uh, it's been yeah. beautiful to chat with you and, and also hear about your background too, your story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. And I know you how busy your schedule is. So for you making the time for our Brilliant Brains and Beautiful Minds episode, I'm most grateful. So thank you so much for joining me, Daniel. No worries at all. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Brilliant Brains and Beautiful Minds. For all the links from today's episode, head over to beautybossbusiness.com. Till next time.